Perfect. Okay. Do that. <laughs> All right, we are live. I'm gonna pull it up over here. How's it going, Ad Leakers? We are here with Ken Moskowitz. How are you doing, Ken? I am remarkable today. How are you? Good. I'm stoked. I haven't talked to you in ages, so it's great to be and on like September. this with you. I think September. Was it on the phone when I call you and complain to it, you about stuff? You it's know? it's been a while for sure. Yeah. You are losing weight, brother. I know. I'm, trim. I'm trying. There you go. Side How much shot. Uh about 40. 40 pounds. Good for you. Yeah. I'm gaining weight. I still have another 20 to go. But but you it, listen, you just had a baby. Well, you didn't just have a baby, but you, you just had a baby. So you had all that baby weight, yeah. right? It's sympathy weight. Yeah. I did. It was tough for me to push that baby out. <laughs> I need to lose weight though. I'm getting sitting in front of this computer all day is not good. That's why I have a hand crank. That's why I have my Alexa back there who jams out the music most of the time. Not now, but it's most of the time. The problem is I have like $20,000 worth of exercise equipment over here. I got like that new tonal. Have you seen that tonal system? Yes. I bought that and then I bought like a $12,000 elliptical on I started using it this week. I'm going to start doing two a days, but. Well, you know, just like a gym membership, I, I, I don't know if you know this, Justin, but just like a gym membership, if you don't use the equipment, it doesn't yeah. make you fit. Just signing up for the gym doesn't give you like, hey, I'm healthy. I now have a gym membership. You actually <laughs> yeah, have to go. Yeah, I know. I know. I started. I did. I worked out. I'm on a streak. I did four days in a row. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Longest streak I've been on in a long time. What's up, Steven? Chandler Welling in the house. Steven, get with me later. I need to talk to you. So I met uh, Ken. We met at the Mastermind in LA. We did. So I met everybody, actually. Um, <laughs> anybody of any importance was there uh, in LA that day, it seems like. Um, we met and was sitting right next to you. And I think... Uh, that event was by far one of the best things I've ever been to. I don't know about you. Remarkable. You know, people ask me about the mastermind and, and the first thing I say to them is it was worth 10 times what I spent on it. And it because, because the question is always for people who want to go to a mastermind, like a Tim bird mastermind is, is it worth the money? Like that's a lot of money to invest. If you care about your business, yes, it's worth the money. And for me, uh, just like Tim Bird's mastermind, you know, Tim Bird to me, going to that mastermind had as much value as me going to Tony Robbins Business Mastery for five days in different areas. How much right? did that cost? Um, that was that was about ten thousand a ticket, and oh. um, and so I went with my business partner, and we spent five days in Florida, and. Um, by the time we were done, I was like, oh, I can't think. I mean, my brain, I was truly a zombie. Yeah. Um, huh. But it was it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, Tim Bird to me. Oh, let me turn this down. All right, we will go ahead and get started. We got about 10, 11 people in here. So perfect. We will go ahead and just start rolling them in. I have a list of questions. Uh, good question from Scout. And I actually was curious too on the same thing. Like on that Tony Robbins thing, what was your biggest like takeaways? <sighs> you know, I, I, the biggest takeaway for me is, and it was really one of those, it, it was a three-part question. And it was asked of every CEO. In fact, uh, Ellen Latham was sitting right next to me. She's the founder and CEO of Orange Theory Fitness. 
and she was sitting right next to me. And the question was, what business are you in? What business are you really in? And what business should you be in to future-proof your business for when the economy turns, right? Because a lot of business owners are thinking very short-term. They're thinking of gains and results today. They're not thinking long-term strategy. And I'm in this for the long haul, right? Yep. Even though this business is relatively young in the, in the life cycle of businesses, I don't do things with short-term goals. I don't go, hey, I'm going to crush it in three years and I'm out. I do this for long-term planning, right? This is part of my financial future as well for me, my family, the employees that work for me. Um, so, so it really got me thinking. That was such a critical question. And so when the question was asked of me, you know, Tony, Tony actually had me stand up. He goes, what business are you in? And I said, I own a copywriting service. And he looks around in the room and there's, you know, 2000 CEOs, business owners, and some of their marketing team. This was the smallest event that he holds, Business Mastery. It's very intimate compared to a 30, 40,000 person event. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he said, oh, you own a copywriting service. How many of you would do business with this man based on what he does, what his business does? And um, a couple of hands went up. And then he said, okay, what business are you really in? And that's when I had that epiphany, which has now become part of our brand positioning we write words that sell anything. Yeah. yeah. Now, how many of you would do business with this man? And almost every hand went up in the room. And so that really got me thinking about, well, am I in the right business, copywriting? Or what, what, what am I really, right? Yeah. And what we really do is we write words that sell anything. It doesn't matter what the business is. <laughs> and then the future-proofing part, that's a little more heady. Uh, what business should you be in? Mm -hmm. And that's really about long-term strategic thinking about what, what things can you add to your service, to your business, to your offering to make your business more sticky, more future-proof so that when the economy shifts, yep. you're not scrambling, you're not going underwater. Yep. Yep. I actually had that discussion with a client yesterday. He said he was at something, I don't know, in New York, some big convention or whatever. And they said like, there's a recession about ready to come. So now he's planning on like changing his ad spend for the recession and doing all this. And it's like, dude, what? <laughs> right. When the economy goes down, your spending should go up because what you want to do is dominate, right? Yeah. You want to own it. You don't want to, you don't want to retreat in fear because when you retreat in fear, that's when you're going to die. So are you ready for the winter yep. is really the question. You've got to be ready for the winter. Yep. yep. Are those stickers on that or is that like, just a cool uh, like cup that I need. No, no, this is my very well-worn hydro flask, but uh, my, my kids find all these stickers at like, you know, the stores that they like to shop at like Tilly's and stuff. And so they uh, find stickers for me and, and some of them have come off and this is black rock. It's a local coffee shop that I love, uh, okay. but um, yeah, they're stickers. And okay. but, you know, I, I do have the zombie theme throughout the office. I don't know if you noticed that. I noticed. I'll, I'll step away. We've yeah. got, We've got here, I'll turn the Mac. So we got that guy there, right? It's all, it's, it's gotta be themed to be my business. Right. Um, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Let's jump in. I think we've okay. got people in here. Let's get going. So let's talk. I, I, I mean, obviously I think most people in here know that you own, own ad zombies. Um, for those that don't know, there is a, a deal for at least members. I think it's 15% off. Yep. Um, and you could, correct me if I'm wrong. So I know there's been, I, I've been tagging you in some posts. A lot of people are asking about 
your services and stuff like that. So before we jump in, why don't you just kind of, um, I know I look to you as the copywriting guru and I got some really good questions, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you started Ad Zombies, how you got into it. Sure. Um, for, for those of you that don't know the origin of the company, it's, it's kind of interesting. I've been writing ad copy my entire life. When I say my entire life, I mean since I was 12 years old in my bedroom in Queens, New York, okay? So I started early, but and I'll tell the that part of the story as a secondary piece. Um, Ad Zombies really started by accident. It was it was a fluke. Uh, someone was in a Facebook group, had written an ad that was just really performing poorly. Said, "Hey, can anyone help me?" I saw a bunch of people commenting and confirming for him that yes, the ad was crap. And instead of helping him, they just were crapping on him. And so I jumped in and said, hey, here's why this ad's not performing, in my opinion. And I rewrote the ad in the comments section of the Facebook post. That was it. Uh, that led to a, a small group of people, 10 or 15 people saying, hey, I wish I could write like that. Holy crap, where did you learn to write like that? Um, and I just offered to help anyone who needed, who needed copywriting help. And that was on March 6, 2017, when that first, when that happened, and six weeks later, we had a client on every continent except Antarctica. And oh. it's just grown from there. It's been a very, very interesting journey and a fun journey. And it's totally shifted me from one business, my other company, to this, to where my attention is fully on ads obviously. What else do you what else do you own? I have a I have a full service production and creative company that so we do okay. television pilots, TV commercials, we film. Um, but I, this became so time consuming and all consuming that I had to make a decision as to, okay, am I spending my day here or am I spending my day at ad zombies? What, what, where's my focus? And I really felt like there was a way bigger need globally for this. And it was way more scalable. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I started really focusing my attention down on ad zombies. Gotcha. I got to assume it's a lot less overhead, but. Oh, tremendous. I mean, yeah, you don't have to have camera equipment. You don't have to have, I mean, it's it's a very different model from my other business and we don't have the the travel and production headaches and the permitting. It's a very different model, completely. Yeah. Different. All right. Uh, so you said one thing that really, we'll jump right in that uh, made me think, a lot of people don't know how to write copywriting. I know when I first got started about 10, 11 years, and even up to three, four years ago before I really started working on my grammar skills, you know, my old, my old best friend who used to be my partner way back when used to tell me, oh, you're fucking retarded. You can't write. Look at you write. And like, just used to like, like, and I was like, you know what? This guy's, you know, he, look how you, you know, you got these typos and I still get it every once in a while. So I really, really focused on like just rereading things five, six times before I sent it. Like mm -hmm. really, really thinking through what I'm writing and I think I've came a long way, but that's always been one of my biggest downfalls. And I think it's a lot of people's downfalls. I mean, they can follow ad methods and build out campaigns certain ways or whatever, but obviously right. we know content and creative is king. So uh, Alex had a really, really good question. Like what resources do you recommend people learn how to copyright or like how to use power words or things of that nature? Like sure. what are out there? Sure. So first of all, there's a book that I have recommended to so many people. I, I know Stephen Black has purchased this book and, and recently sent me a message about just how it's changed his thinking. Is it your book? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I'm not pitching my book. 
Um, it's called uh, Break, Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz. And um, I have a link to that. Um, actually, I don't, there's no special deal, but I have a link to the price where, where you can get it for the best price. It's the actual guy who bought the okay. publishing rights. It's $125. And, um, and it, to me, it's, it's the Bible of copywriting. Um, but I can give you the direct link. It's BreakthroughAdvertisingBook.com, BreakthroughAdvertisingBook.com. And it is the place to get the book for a buck 25. And um, is that a big book for that kind of price? It seems, really, I mean, for what it will do for your business, it's not a lot, but that seems really high for a book. It's, it's worth its weight in gold. I have probably six copies in and around the office at any given time. Um, wow. I want every one of my staff members, every one of the writers on our team reads it, understands it. It's a very powerful book. And even though the examples in the book are dated, right? Because this book was written back when you could still advertise cigarettes and you could call people out for being fat and putting them on a machine that makes their belly fat jiggle. Like it's, it's really old school shit, but the techniques, the, the, the mindset of buyers, all of that stuff is covered in there and none of it's changed. That's the amazing thing is, is human beings, while the technology, the mode of, of delivery for the advertising message has shifted dramatically, we still think the same. We're still wired the same. We still act the same. Our behavior is still the same. We buy emotionally and we make decisions like that when it comes to buying and then the logic catches up with us, right? Mm. And, and men and women purchase differently. Men are more logical buyers. Women are more emotional buyers, but men get sucked into it too. Put a fast car with a Lamborghini or a Ferrari logo on it and guys are like, ah, you know, their brains go south. It's just the way we're wired as animals. Yeah, I know I almost bought a, the new GT500. It's a $100,000 Mustang. It took every ounce of me not to buy that sucker. It's like yeah. I cannot spend 100 G's on a Mustang. See, but that's where the logic came in, right? But but the yeah. emotion, the emotion was telling you, I gotta have this car. Oh, I was I mean, I was out of attention. I just wanted it so bad. Right, though. right. I, I, I didn't do it though. I figured I should buy my my kids a pool instead. So, um, I'm gonna buy that book today, actually. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic book and um, and one that I recommend to everyone. Um, there's also a couple of tools that I like to use online that I think are really powerful. And those are tools to help you really become a better writer. So, you know, I will tell you that while I'm in my, in my own company, probably the most creative writer, mm -hmm. I'm the worst writer grammatically. Why? Because I've spent my entire career writing for the spoken word not the written word. So I will overcome the crap out of things because I write with natural pauses and I put commas in places that I would, if I were speaking, would add the comma, right? So grammatically, my work is a mess. Creatively, that's where I shine. So I focus mm -hmm. on being creative and doing my creative work. And then I let my team of editors make sure that my grammar is spot on because otherwise I look like an idiot. <laughs> And I admit that I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I'm sure I, I even get yelled at by uh, Sean, who's Tim's partner in athletes. Sure. Come on. You gotta, you, you gotta step up. You're, you're like, cause I, you know, my brain thinks faster than my fingers can write. Mm -hmm. So like most of the time, if you look at any of my comments, I have to go back and like edit it three times because my brain is like, boom, enter. And that's like, Oh no, wait a minute. Edit. Oh no, wait, edit. So I'm the same way. Same yep. way. And, and so, Justin, there are a couple of tools that I like, and, and let me kind of dive into them. The first one is Hemingway app. Yep. And 
Hemingway app will really help you write better in real time. And so if you started writing in the app, it'll tell you the grade level of what you're writing. And by the way, the, the Fleisch-Kincaid score, really important. You wanna try to write fifth grade or under because what happens is when you write above fifth grade and even in complex medical ads or complex ads that are explaining something challenging, Hemingway app helps you get it down to a readable, easy to consume piece of content, whether it's an ad for liposuction or an ad for a home or an ad for something very basic like a, a product. Yeah. You want you want the readability of the ad to be able to impact every consumer, not just the highly intelligent, book smart people of the world, because the reality is, is that everybody's time is so limited. You don't want to burn brain cells trying to understand the message. So keep right. it simple, keep it clean and keep it fifth grade or less as far as readability. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And so that's uh, one tool, Hemingway app. Do you use the paid version or the free version? I think um, I, so I, I actually use the free version. I've never used the paid version. I probably would get, you know, great benefits out of using the paid version. I just don't have a need for it. Um, mm -hmm. I use the free version. It does great. The other one that I love is natural reader. And, and why I like natural reader is, is really interesting for me. I like the auditory. I like hearing the words that are written because oftentimes I'll find a mistake when I listen back to it. So mm -hmm. I can put the words, the copy, the ad into natural reader and it will read it back in a human voice, not, not a robot voice. And it'll read it at a very natural pace with, with the right emphasis on the right places based on your punctuation. Well, when you listen back to it, and for me, when I listen back to it with my eyes closed, I can really hear mistakes. Gotcha. And then I can go back and go, oh, I need to fix that. Visually, I can't see it because I've seen it so many times I'm copy blind. But then I go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh, crap, I missed that. I got to fix that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Uh, the paid version is only $20, actually. That's not bad at all. Yeah, that's a bargain. And it's a, it's a yeah. bargain to have. And I, I use it daily. Hmm. I'm going to have to probably buy that. I use I use them um, Grammarly. Um, hey, Grammarly. Really? I don't I even use it, though. <laughs> Here's the problem. You see that there are grammatical rules. And, and, and I get hit on this a lot. Um, people will comment on our ads. You know, you guys are copywriters, yet this ad is, has typos and grammar mistakes. And yes, there's one ad that has intentional typos and grammar mistakes because we're calling that out. However, Grammarly has a very tight set of rules for grammar and punctuation that don't always flow with the way you would construct a Facebook ad or a, or a Google ad. And so it's not the best tool in the world for me. And it's a little too rigid. The reality is, is that we're a lot more flexible today when it comes to language and lingo and words. There are words that weren't even addiction. Like you think of the word lit. Lit used to mean you'd light up somebody's cigarette, right? And the cigarette was lit. Lit has a totally yeah. different meaning today, right? Yeah. So, so words change and, and language evolves and our ability to use words the way we want and punctuate a little bit looser. Uh, Grammarly just doesn't have that it's not really a modernized tool for today's ad space, in my opinion. Okay. No, that makes complete sense. Uh, what's your next app? 
so those are those are it for apps. Um, you know, I think those are the two big big apps for me. And uh, and again, there's there's no shameless plug um, for my book. There just isn't. The the other tool that I like to use, and I think you guys all know this if you've used my company's service before. We're now the largest user of the promo platform for video ads. Um, we are a power user. We do literally hundreds and hundreds of ads on the platform every month, probably every What's week. What's the website? Promo.com. Yeah. Okay. And so promo is when you see the scroll stopping videos for my company. So anyone who's been to a page has probably been retargeted by any number of our ads. We oh, have yeah. The creepy clown ad, we have the spider across the screen, the vending machine, all of those ads are created with promo. Now, we use promo because the number one question that we get asked in chat, and I and I know all of the questions that we get asked in chat all the time, uh, are, hey, can you do a, a cool product video for me? Um, what is this for a bottom of funnel, top of funnel, mid funnel? Oh, it's top of funnel. We're just trying to get our awareness up in front of people. I have to stop people and explain something that I think should be so basic, but a lot of marketers miss this. And this is where we get into strategy. If you're trying to sell someone a product or service at the top of the funnel and show them the product or service at the top of the funnel and there's zero awareness, your CPM, your CPA are going are gonna to go up, up, up. And part of that is is that you're selling it to a cold audience. Now, I'm not gonna get into ad strategy because that is not my specialty, <laughs> but storytelling and copywriting is. And so I tell people, if you saw ads featuring a room full of people sitting at computers, writing words on screens, would that entice you to do business with us? No, what we're doing is we're creating engaging, entertaining ads at the top of the funnel to drive awareness. Right, we start with getting people aware of the service, then we start hitting the pain points in the middle of funnel. Right, there's awareness, consideration, conversion, and so a lot of times, impatient marketers skip the important step of awareness and they go right to the sale, and that's okay for certain things. If you've got the best product in the world, or fidget spinners are super hot at that time, and you've got the biggest store for fidget spinners. Easy peasy, right? You don't have to do any awareness. Everyone knows what fidget spinners are, except Rob Rob Deerdeck in um, Ridiculousness, because he didn't. He had never seen one. <laughs> Did you ever see that episode? No, he doesn't know what a fidget spinner is. He didn't, and so and he was talking about him, and, and someone said fidget spinner. He goes, yeah, and he asked someone in the audience if anybody had one, and this woman pulled one out, and he's like, oh my god, this is cool. This is addictive, right? You don't need an awareness thing for that because everyone knows about them. But if your business, your product, your service is something that people don't know and don't know they need and you want to sell it to them based on there's a need, build some awareness first. Get them excited. That's the reason we run top of funnel ads that don't show copywriters sitting in a room working at a computer putting words down on the screen. It's boring. So on this promo I'm looking at, I've never used it. Their pricing uh, it says like, you know, you can do 39 a month or 69 a month and then you get 100 like premium clips versus what, what plan does somebody running ads need like do you need premium clips do you not you you want the premium clips because the the non-premium clips are are shot by people on their iphone or maybe not the best quality aren't the the ones that you would that would catch your attention um okay. we, we don't even have a plan our plan is is enterprise level it's not a plan that's on their system but why we do right. it 
and, and it really started evolving us using them. C clients would come in and start asking questions and they would say, hey, who does your video ads? We do. How are you doing them? Well, we use promo. And they wanted ads like the ones we do for us for their business. And that's how we started using them as a service, as a, as a really a partner now. Um, and we started producing our own ads and then people saw them and then we started producing ads for them. So we do a ton of Facebook video ads, Instagram ads, Instagram stories. However, we don't do them with your product, right? We're, we're not a product edit. That's what No Limit Creatives is for, not us. We'll get that attention grabbing ad with the spider crossing the screen or the clown. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that we really, because it helps us when we attach it to creative, to good yeah. ad copy. I don't know if we have a deal with promo.com or not. I'll have to check that. Yeah, and if you don't, I can introduce you to the right people. Yeah, why don't you do I'll check as we're, okay. as we're speaking. Because, um, I mean, even at, you know, like I'm looking at the 250 a month plan, you get 250, 240 videos a year, which I'm assuming if you're running a lot of ads for eight, like a lot of clients, if, if it's the branding, that's probably not going to be enough. So, Right. And, and we go through, like I said, hundreds per month and um we're a high volume customer and but it's a really solid platform really yeah. solid and and mm -hmm. it'll do certain things that you'll love and there are times you're gonna go oh i wish it could do this but it's not an avid it's not a final cut it's not an adobe uh, adobe premiere it's it serves a purpose it's got a it's got its space in the world you know we do have promo veronica said uh, oh cool promo yes okay there you go. so yeah check the deal section out leakers if you want to uh check that out now i do i do want to get to, oh go ahead a couple of the questions that i saw i was i was kind of checking them out yesterday yeah. as they were coming in and, and i'd love to hit a couple of them but yeah one, let's go all right so alex Steele, he had a, a few questions but one of them is he wanted me to tell the backstory of how i got my nickname and <laughs> I, I i'm going to start because that that is probably in the top 10 questions i get and, um, and I'll give you the very short version of it. I was raised in a very New York Jewish household and every high holiday family would come over and one Rosh Hashanah dinner, New Year, Jewish New Year's, my uncle, my uncle came over and slapped a propeller beanie on top of my head and took a photograph and captioned it. I was four years old when that happened. And the next year I started school and that picture hung in the house and friends would come over and it had the nickname Spanky on it because I looked like Spanky from the Little Rascals. Now, when you and I met, I was a little bit heavier, right? I've always been kind of a, a chubby kid. Well, now I'm, a, you know, just, but I'm working on that. And so as a kid, I would look like, I was a little butterball and I looked like Spanky from the Little Rascals. So the nickname kind of stuck and I hated it, but it served me well because I've been in the creative industry my entire career. And people forget my first name. They will never remember Ken, but they'll never forget Spanky. When did Little Rascals come out? How far before? Like I don't know. It was way before I was born. Uh, um, yeah, it was like in the 40s or 50s, maybe even late, or earlier than that. 94. No, no, no. That's the movie. That's uh, the movie. But the Little Rascals TV show by King Syndicate oh. was like, it was old school black and white. Yeah. Interesting. 
uh we'll just go yeah we'll go through all the questions so we get to them because I, I, okay. yeah, I don't even know what what questions to add you know like so the, this was really really helpful and i liked it because there was a lot of good questions in here so, sure uh, this is a really good one engagement baiting so when you're writing an ad that's supposed to get people to comment with like a certain message to like engage their messenger bot sure how, how do you do that without being flagged for engagement baiting so you know that that's interesting, uh, and I get the the purpose of wanting to get people to use that certain trigger word, that keyword. And so when we write things, and I try not to get people to say the word or click on something. You know, the word like, right, is a trigger, right? Like this post. Do you like pizza? So for example, if it was a pizza shop, do you like pizza? And you'd put the thumbs up emoji. If you'd love free pizza then you're going to like what we have to offer. You know, we're, we're, you're getting very, you're playing with it, right? You're skirting the edge of legal under the TOS. It's not legal or illegal. It's just allowed or disallowed. Um, but you can really play with words. So if you ever get into one of those things where you're trying to get someone to click on it, um, hit me up in the group because I'd love to see what your what your copy looks like. And then I'll make some tweaks to it personally because I love being able to play and skirt the TOS. It, to me, it's and fun. It's, it's, it's gaming that is is more fun than anything. Do you have an internal doc? I'm just curious and I'd love if you do and share it, but do you have an internal document for like new hires that you, you bring on that like, these are the things that you have to watch out for Facebook's bots to trigger? So we do have uh, an internal in our, in our system that are all of our writers work in. We have some internal documentation. I'll see if I can pull some of those pieces out and so I can share them. Uh, they're definitely tied into our system. So I don't know how to do that, but I, I can ask Brandon, my my ops person to say, hey, how do I grab this out? And uh, and I'll share it with you if I can get that nice. out. It'd be nice to get like like just a long form post or whatever that we could pin to the unit. So like, hey, watch out for, because I know another question in here somewhere is like the word you. Okay. Nobody can use the word you, but you, you can use the word you. It's in what context? It's 100% you can use the word you. In fact, there's an ad and I'll always reference ads that we run because if you if you look at the ad copy that we run, oftentimes we're pushing the edge of approval of, of TOS <laughs> compliance. And I do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want to show by example that you can use the words you, we use the word fat, we use the word overweight, we use the word obese. Like we use words that people say, you can't ever use those on Facebook. And it's bullshit because you can. It's the context of the written word and the context of, of the sentence that, that makes it compliant or not compliant. And the more you... Go well, ahead. You too. You use like the word "fuck" with like the stars on on it too. Even, I did. I did. And and so what we did is we had it. We had an ad, um, and I forgot the 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 title of the ad, but we actually took the F word and we used the F. We used the K, and we just blurred out the yep. middle of it. And at first, we got rejections. Facebook would reject it, and but they were rejecting the video not the written word. And in the written word, we just, we didn't, we didn't write it that way. We used all sorts of characters to, to, to fake it. Um, but after a human reviewed it, we got not only approval, um, but they, they whitelisted that ad so that we could put it into multiple ad sets without getting rejection after rejection, because that ad appeared in 30 or 40 different ad sets. Hmm. And every time we'd go to fire it up, rejected. I'm like, oh, come on. So, and I didn't mean to interrupt you because I know you're on a tangent, but that, that came to my mind. So like, can you give an example of like 
where you can't use you or you can use you and fat? Like, so people understand sure. what you mean by context. Have you tried every diet program out there is very different than are you fat? Right. Think about the context of that sentence. You're really asking the same question in a different way. Have you tried every diet program and failed versus are you fat and can't lose weight? Right. It one feels very personal. Right. The other doesn't. And so Facebook, the algorithm doesn't necessarily look for just the word you. The algorithm looks at the context of the sentence. Now, is it perfect? Hell no. It fails often. Like there are times where, where an ad has been running for six, eight months and you, you guys all know this and suddenly the ad will be rejected for, for no apparent reason. And what that is, is the algorithm just hiccups and says, ah, this is not compliant. This isn't right. But if you go in and ask for a human review and you know that that ad does not violate TOS, by the way, everyone in this group should have Facebook's TOS like as a document on their screen or at least a hot link to it so that you can always reference back and go, oh, what, what, what was that TOS thing about this or about go back to TOS because they're always updating it. They're always changing it. And something that was compliant three months ago may suddenly on September one, not be compliant. Yeah. And they don't tell you cause they're a bunch of jerks. Well, how can they, right? They can send out a mass thing, but, are you going to read it? When, when you sign up for something in the digital world, we do all, we all do the same thing. Next, 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 agree. Yeah. Right? Nobody reads anything. And that includes TOS. That right? So yeah. <laughs> it's really difficult until yeah. the day that we get hit by Facebook, until the day that they go, ah, you screwed up. You don't know it because nobody ever reads them. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, uh, let's get into tips on compliant copy for highly regulated, regulated industries such as real estate, legal, etc. Okay. Highly. So, so this is interesting. I, I, I don't find real estate to be a difficult vertical yeah. to, to write for. Um, I don't find legal to be a different, uh, difficult vertical to write for. I would love to see an example of the copy, Jeremy, that that's not that you're struggling with, that's not getting approved. Um, highly regulated industries oftentimes have their own internal compliance departments. We work with several big like insurance companies um, globally, and we write a lot of ad copy. And they have like, uh, I'll give you a great example. New York Life has a compliance team. When, when we write copy for New York Life, it goes through their compliance team before it even goes to Facebook. We have to write for their compliance team and Facebook's compliance, right? That, that's a challenge. But I, I don't know that these are very difficult to write for. I'd really like to see some of the stuff that you're struggling with there because I will help you with that, absolutely. Um, writing for them is is not that challenging as long as you're not making claims that are unsubstantiated and promises that can't be backed up with proof. Yep. Yeah, we run legal. I don't have any problems with like lawyer stuff. We and I know this is a good question. I've never even read your book, but what? Yeah, I do. I do know you have like a book, and you were like. Aren't you like number one on the top selling list or something for New York bestseller? Um, I, yeah, I, I hit a I hit bestseller in like under twenty four hours, and that was super cool. Um, I, I I didn't first of all I never intended to write the book, 
it was, I was kind of pressured to writing it because people who knew me wanted me to share the story of how I built this company so fast. And it still blows my mind, by the way. I, I'm like, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, how the hell did this happen? It's fun for me. But um, yeah, one of my mentors uh, is Gary Vaynerchuk. And I, I know him now, we email each other. Um, I, I text message him. Yeah, yeah, he's a really awesome dude. I, uh, I'm gonna have to message you after something we're working on. Okay, name. well, let's talk. He's on vacation right now um, okay. with his family. But um, the, the, the book was really about how I built this business and how anyone who feels stuck. So if you're in that 40 to 50 year old, 40 to 60 year old, and you feel like you're stuck in a job you hate, working for a boss that's a dick, uh, and you're looking to break free of that. And maybe you're doing something on the side. You've got a side hustle. It was really written to that audience to help them understand how in today's market you can leverage the power of social media and the, the power of giving, helping people and growing a business. Like when, when I started this thing, I had no idea where it was going to go. And if you had told me that I was going to build a seven figure business like overnight, I would have laughed at you. In fact, I'll, I remember that after the night that I had dinner with Gary Vee, I was finalizing my list of who was going to be our operations person or who were the potentials for that position. And the following week, I had lunch with my, my top three candidates. Brandon was number one. And as we were sitting there at lunch having street tacos and margaritas, he said to me, he goes, okay, so Spanky, and he calls me by my nickname. He goes, Spanky, explain to me again how do you make money writing ads for $49? Like who, like, do, do, like people don't know how to write ads? No. Okay. All right. How do people make money? I don't get this $49 ads. All right, whatever, but sure. I can help you scale this. And it's interesting to me that um, even though he didn't see the how, right, that wasn't super important. I knew that there was an, a, a need because people do struggle with it. You know, I think the biggest challenge, and this is, uh, let me not get into the questions for a second. I want to speak really from the heart for me. Most people, when they write, they, they go to this logical place in their brain because they're writing from what they want as the end result rather than writing to touch the consumer here, right? Remember that most decisions are made emotionally. And so if you can touch a customer, whatever the product service they're offering is, if you can touch them emotionally and grab their attention and get them to know who you are, know what your business is, that's a step one, but you have to touch them. And if you don't touch them, you don't have a chance ever of getting them. Makes sense. I think that's what a lot of people, I, I agree. A lot of people don't write with all oh, that or multiple different angles of copy, like trying to hit different trigger points or, things of that nature. It, it's like the question of long form or short form, right? Michael asked the question, what works best? You know, what results do you have with both of them? Well, it depends on the audience, right? So, and I use my 31 flavors analogy. If you walked into an ice cream shop that had one flavor of ice cream and it wasn't the flavor you would like that, that you enjoy, you're not going to go to that ice cream shop, right? But you go to the ice cream shop next door, they have 31 flavors and you're looking at this just massive amount of flavors and you go, oh, that one looks good. And you try that and you like that flavor today. But the next day you come back and you're not feeling that flavor. 
and you try something else. And, and so every time you go to that ice cream shop, you might try two or three different flavors and then you have a go-to that you go back to. It's the same thing with long form or short form. Just because a long form ad doesn't work for me today doesn't mean it won't work for me tomorrow because this morning the, 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 the potential customer might have had an argument with their spouse. They might be in a crappy mood and that copy doesn't resonate with them. But tomorrow they had an amazing day and when they hit the ad, they're like, oh yeah. And they just start going deep. So I, I wish people would just kill the, the debate about long form versus short form because it is so subjective and it is so personal to the individual reader. And, and too many business owners get hung up on their own emotional shit about what works and what doesn't work. And it's bullshit. What works is what works for the consumer the moment they read it. And what works today isn't going to work tomorrow for that same individual based on a whole bunch of things that are in their lives. And most of them are situational. Sorry if I got too animated on that, no. but it was just like, it's so people get really hung up on this micro stuff about long or short, this or that. I'm like, test everything. And, and ads that you think aren't going to work will surprise you. Uh, here's a good question from Denard. Some of this we may have covered a little bit, but why did you choose to focus on copywriting over all of your other skills? What okay. sort of advertisements did you start writing for and who do you look up to or follow in the writing space? First of all, let's start with who I look up to in the writing space. And it's a man that we all know is um, really on the edge of, of the end of his life, Dan Kennedy. Yeah, I actually Dan, saw, yeah, I saw a post. I didn't, I didn't even know who he was, to be honest with you, if that's better. Yeah. Dan Kennedy, a uh, great writer, great copywriter, direct, direct sales copy, uh, amazing. And he unfortunately has um, some infections. He, he's, fight, he's in hospice now. And um, he just wrote his, uh, a letter to his followers about his impending death or about his death. Um, he, he knows it's coming and it's, uh, he's a great writer. Um, I look up to him, admire him tremendously. I also admire everyone who has the balls to try something new. And I think people are so stuck in doing things that they've seen work and copying other people's things rather than just pushing, pushing the edge, pushing the envelope and seeing what they can do, what they can get away with and trying new things. I have so much respect for people who just say, I don't give a shit, I'm gonna try this. And <laughs> because it works, right? Yeah. It's I, they, you have to be fearless, right? I, I don't care if someone doesn't like my ad, that's okay. I don't take it personally. Now, do I take it personally if they start to become, you know, assholes in, in the comments? Yes, because you don't need to become an asshole. If you don't like something, just say it. If you don't want to see the ad, hit that little button that stops you from seeing the ads. But, but you don't need to become an ass because you're being served an ad. So Denard, why did I focus on becoming a copywriter? This goes back to the start of our conversation and it was the origin story. And when I was a little kid, I was, I hated going to the beach. Every weekend, my parents would drag us all to the beach. And I was like, Ugh, I hate it. And so I would spend time in my bedroom in New York City. You know, I grew up in Queens listening to the big boss jocks on WABC. Back then it was AM 77 WABC. I would listen to CBS when CBS FM went on the air. And I started listening to DJs like Harry Harrison and Ron Lundy and cousin Brucey. And 
I would listen not for the music. I found myself fascinated with the ads between the songs. And so I started in my bedroom creating a little radio production studio and creating radio ads. And I would emulate the ads that they had on the radio and I would make my own. And then I would find like TV ads with Jerry Carroll, the then spokesperson for Crazy Eddie. And I would watch him do his animated sales pitch and just the, the emotion, the, the energy that he would suck you in with was powerful to me. And I wasn't sucked in by it, I was fascinated by it. So for me, writing became an outlet for my creativity. Um, then a year later, I was bar mitzvahed. Remember I said I grew up in a really East Coast, New York Jew house, right? That was me. I was yeah. bar mitzvahed and my uncle Hi, the, the guy who gave me my nickname that I hated, snuck in to the bathroom at the reception and handed me an envelope to shove in my pocket. And he goes, your parents don't know about this. This is separate. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I felt like it was a mafia payoff. And he had given me an envelope with $500 in cash. And I then had enough money to buy all of the other equipment I needed to create my production studio. So at 13, I had reel-to-reels, cassette decks. I had a mixer. I had microphones. And I really started perfecting my craft, writing radio ads and producing them. And so that's where it all began for me. So why did, why did I focus on it over all other skills? Because during, I, I don't have any other skills. I, I know how to write stories and creative, and that's my thing, and I love it. I eat, breathe, and sleep it. And the ads that I started writing were radio ads. Hmm. Interesting. And I spent most of my career there in the industry. Um, this was a good one and I got, I can answer this, but I'll let you, what are the roles of using names like Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and your ad copy? So it's interesting. The other day we, we saw something, someone came back and said, Hey, Facebook, uh, denied my ad because I used FB in the ad. Mine got denied for that too. Hmm. Yep. Mine did too. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because up until a few days ago, you put FB in an ad and it would fly through and then suddenly it stopped flying through. And so I was doing some testing to see what ads would get through, what ads wouldn't. When you don't violate their terms of service as how you reference the, the, the product or service, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat have no problem with their names being mentioned in the proper context that is compliant to their terms of service. If you create an ad that promises something that's unachievable, if you say guaranteed Facebook followers in 24 hours, right, which we all know is, you know, okay, great. It's a, it's a promise that you can't really say. Facebook blocks those because they don't want to be associated with stuff that creates a bad user experience. User is not you, the advertiser. User are the people who use the platform to see pictures of their grandbabies and pictures of their families. And so, so they, they play this very careful game of if you use our name in a way that's unflattering, unbecoming, or promises stuff that is skirting the line, they're gonna deny it. Um, I, I have found that most platforms are okay with you mentioning their names as long as it's within the context of their TOS and all of their TOS 
clearly explain how you can use their name in your advertising. I was under the impression you couldn't use it because it's trademarked and it's their term. We use Facebook's name in three to four different ads. Really? Yep. Our Facebook rejection ad talks about that. <laughs> and yeah. so we, we talk and we talk specifically about being rejected by Facebook for your ad copy. And so you can yeah. use it. It's just, it's you, again, it goes back to that TOS. You've got to read the TOS. This is a good question. I'll summarize it, but basically the overuse of copywriting by a lot of advertisers, how do you, and the monotony of people are using, how do you basically make your ads to get people to stop, catch their attention? Like what are some pointers for that? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting for me. Um, and I'm going to pull something up while we're talking because I want to, the, the, I just had an example of this the other day. So forgive me for not having this ready at my fingertips. Um, I should have, and I feel bad for not having it ready. I think I think you need to not be worried about duplicating and copying other people's stuff. I think the best thing to do is focus on creating something original, creating something fun, different, uh, unique. Um, so for example, a couple of days ago, uh, in another group that I'm a part of, someone asked for some guidance on creating captivating copy. They're in the real estate space and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read part of this. I'm in the real estate space as well as marketing. Wanna throw some better copy together to reach motivated home sellers, people that genuinely need help solving pretty big problems they're dealing with. Folks who have recently been divorced, uh, uh, tired landlords, folks who've inherited unwanted property, property that needs major repairs, can't afford the tax, tax delinquencies, even pre foreclosures. And I'm coming up with the same stuff and it's feeling old and tattered. Any help? And so, again, I, what I do is I, I go back to let's be creative, right? How do I take this and approach it from a totally different angle? And I said, an unwanted house is as bad as an unwanted house guest. How on earth do you get rid of one? While we can't help you with the guest, we can help you with the house. Yes, it doesn't matter the reason, the condition, as long as it's not an active crime scene, wink face emoji, we've got your back. Get rid of that unwanted house. When you do, maybe that unwanted house guest will finally get the hint, right? That's taking a unique creative approach to something that's been dealt with a thousand times. And if you just think out of the box, right? Don't get stuck in the rut. How could you approach something in a fun, creative, engaging way that's going to get people to go, damn, that it stands out, right? That's a difference. Yep. Um, I'd like to ask, is there anything that you think that we haven't covered yet that people would want to know or be beneficial or was not asked in those questions? Um, you get asked a lot on copywriting and Facebook TOS and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So people people ask about uh, direct sales copy versus um, like, like a, an invitation to purchase versus a pitch, right? A direct sales hard pitch. And there's a place for both. The direct sale hard pitch is after you've built that rapport, after you've built that relationship, after that you've had multiple touch points by that customer. But I, I think that if you look at a long-term brand play, and I know this just from watching it unfold with my business, the invitation to transact with you is way more appealing and has a way better long-term ROAS than 
the direct sales pitch to a cold audience or an audience that's had one touch point. Um, I think, again, it goes back to people wanting to close the deal really fast. And closing the deal really fast is good, but it's not a long-term long sustainable business model. You have to build a relationship with your clients because otherwise they're not going to keep coming back and keep coming back. And um, so for me, it's important to build a nurtured relationship with your customer so that they not only know your brand, but they know the quality, the integrity. And, and, and again, there are people who are Amazon resellers who have products, right? It's the same thing. If you're an Amazon store and you've got multiple products in that store, you want to build that customer relationship because that customer that you've already acquired is way easier to resell to than someone new off the street. And so put some thought in for your, into your ad copy. Be thoughtful about your audience. Think about their needs as a consumer, not your need as a marketer to sell the shit you're trying to sell. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I find it so hard to write copy sometimes. Like sometimes I can do it if I'm in the mood and then sometimes when I'm not, it's just like, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I find that for me, when I really need to get in the creative space, and by the way, I am, when I say this, I'm gonna come across sounding like an alcoholic, but I'm not. A glass of wine, I light some candles. Yeah, I, I like the atmosphere, right? Atmosphere is super important for me because I can't get in a creative space if it's distracting and noisy and, so I, I set the mood, the atmosphere for me to get into that creative space. And then what I'll do is oftentimes I will look at other industries that have super creative ads to get inspiration. Like if I'm writing an ad that's, that's for something very dry, very boring, very legal, I'll look at the ads from the insurance industry for State Farm, farmers, yep. right? Because they're really creative. They're in an industry that's not typically super creative yet the ads that they're putting out today are incredibly creative. And that inspires me. I always look for inspiration because you will find inspiration in the strangest places. You know, I have, I have a story about a client many years ago, and this is my other, my other company. And we were on a shoot in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And my first AD, so for those of you who don't know anything about the production business, you have a uh, first AD is your, that's your main person, your first assistant director. They're the go-to guy. They're the one that makes sure everything happens. And our first AD was on set and he was sick as a dog. He was barfing. And it was like, we were just trying to keep him away from the client, keep him away from the shoot, keep him away from production. And we decided to wrap his day early and bring him back to the, um, to the house that we were all staying in the production crew was staying in. And on the way back, Phil was like, you know, I'm feeling a little bit shaky, but I'm hungry. Maybe we should stop and I should get something to eat. Okay. You know, you're a big boy. You, you want something to eat. We'll stop. Well, we decided to stop at the first shopping center we came upon in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And there was a mod pizza in the, in the parking lot. And he's like, we should go there. I'm like, dude, you've been throwing up all day. You've been sick as a dog. You want to eat pizza? That's terrible for you. Like how is something soft, like maybe soup, salad, whatever, something just not pizza. Right. Anyway, we went to the pizza shop. We went to Mod. We had pizza. And as he's eating the pizza, I'm looking at him and I'm concerned. And I'm like, Phil, how are you feeling? And he puts his hand up and he goes, look, my hand stopped shaking. He goes, I'm actually feeling a lot better. And in that moment, I said to him, you know what was wrong with you? You had pizza deficiency syndrome. And that one little sentence out of an event 
completely unrelated to what we were working on, sparked an ad campaign for another client with a multi-chain pizza location. And it was about pizza deficiency syndrome, right? So you never know what event happens in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, yeah. that can inspire your creative. So, you so look at everything. Do I what? You finish, finish. No, I didn't. Sorry. Yeah, so, I didn't so, so don't, don't, that's cool. So don't lock yourself into, um, you know, a lot of people believe that, oh, I've got to get creative and I'm going to drum this up. Look at real life around you. Look at the things that happen because all of those things you can pull from to create amazing creative. Yep. Do you carry around like a little book or whatever? So when you come across this throughout the day, you like jot them down so you know to go back and like, imagine you do. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have notepads for when I'm not in front of devices, but I have, if you look at my Amazon account, I have like 20, I think now, Alexa devices. I've got one in my office behind me. Alexa, say hi. Or not. Anyway, I've got them all over the office. I've got them at home in every room. And so a lot of times when I have an idea, I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, Alexa, take a note. And it'll start taking my note and I'll throw out my idea and, and then I put them together later. Later, um, It's great with technology today. You can just speak your thoughts in the moment. And- I should do that to-do list. Oh, absolutely. I have it on, on my iPhone with Siri. I, you know, you think about something, how many times a day do you think, oh, I need to get this at Costco or yeah. I have an idea for this. And so I have, I literally have a, a reminder set up that I can just say, Hey Siri, add Justin to my Costco list. And it will automatically do, and I have my phone turned off, so it won't do that right now, but it will automatically add that. So when you have creative ideas, when you have thoughts, have some to-dos and reminders that are already set up on your devices, whether you're an Android user, an iPhone user, or you use Alexa's, Google Home, whatever, and have those notes sync to your Google Docs or whatever. That way, as you have those ideas, it aggregates them in one place. Because otherwise, you're you're fishing from everywhere, right? Uh, so we got about two minutes. Because Jim Banks, I would I would love to do this again. I want to go longer, but Jim Banks scheduled back to back with us. And Veronica, do it. Already, Veronica's already told me, let's go here. So, uh, is there anything else that we did not cover that you think is vital that we need to get to our peeps? Here's what I'm going to say: If I didn't cover it, and you have a question about it, ask me in the group. Let's dive into it. I will respond. And by the way, I'm sorry, the last couple of months have been a little hectic. We've had some family drama going on. And some of you who know me personally know about it. Um, we've had a couple of people sick and in hospitals. So I apologize. I've not been super active in the group, but family first, because that ball, when you juggle it, that glass ball hits the ground, it shatters. Yeah. And so got to take care of family first. But if you have questions, hit me up. I will answer them and I will never leave you hanging. Yeah. No, you always respond. And I know a lot of people, there's a lot of people that have a ton of questions on your copywriting services and stuff. And then I always just tag you in it because what other better way to, you know, <laughs> to have you answer than me or other people. So I appreciate okay, it. I appreciate it. Um, do you want to hang on on the line quick? Cause I have a question for you about something. Um, you so you don't just don't end, just stay on. Uh, thank you guys. Any questions? Like we said, put them in the comments for Ken. Um, if you want to re-listen to this, I will upload this to the uh, podcast today. It's podcast.adleaks.com. And then also I will drop a link in there if you guys want to get notified of when we are going live.
Um, like I just got one now that Jim Banks is going to go live. We've set up a mini chat bot, so I will put the uh, mini chat URL to subscribe. So, all right, appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. Thank you.